0: Let's talk science. Test Tube uh, Thursday. And Dan Riskin, our science expert, is here. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right. So let's talk about alcohol and uh, how it makes you apparently approach attractive people you might not otherwise approach. Is that it? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, the way I learned it was there's something called beer goggles. And if you are drinking alcohol, then people who would normally not look attractive to you suddenly become much better looking. And this is sort of an anecdotal thing that is passed on through the, uh, you know, the 20 year olds of the world to the younger 20 year olds who are coming in. And it's told as, as a truth, um, but it hasn't been uh, rigorously tested, according to researchers. And so what they did is they wanted to see whether that's true. So that what they did is it's a, it's a pretty realistic uh experiment what they did is they had pairs of men in their 20s heterosexual men come into the lab as a dyad so that they would have realistic social interactions with each other um and they sat down and they drank either cranberry juice or uh, vodka uh, juice with vodka in it and they knew full well whether they were drinking the alcoholic or non-alcoholic they were told Um, and they did one with the alcohol and one without the alcohol and while after they had enough that they would be drunk for uh, you know 0.08 from the alcohol treatment they were shown images uh, pictures and videos of different women and they were asked how attractive they found each of the women and they were asked to rate them now if beer goggles was a real thing you would expect women to consistently get higher ratings when people were drunk compared to when they weren't drunk. But that's not what they found at all. The ratings were consistent, no matter whether people were drinking alcohol or not. Um, But they were told, uh, listen, for the next part of the experiment, you're going to have a chance to meet some uh, some of these people that you're seeing these images of. Pick four. And what's interesting is when people were drinking alcohol, the four that they chose were more attractive than the four that they would choose if they were not drinking alcohol. And so it's like it makes people a little bit more brave. Uh, liquid liquid courage is another thing that was told in addition to beer goggles. So the liquid courage is, apparently seems to be true, but the beer goggles does not is not supported by the data.
0: Yeah. And I suppose it's a subtlety, but I think the point we're making here is it's not about the relative attractiveness. It's probably more about the fact that you've got more you know, more oomph when and, and you would approach somebody you might otherwise never approach or you might, you know, there's some sort of a sensation that maybe you have a better chance of actually hooking up. So they're more attractive
1: yeah exactly and so you it ends up that you 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 get introduced to the person the social engagement is more likely to happen what i like about this study is the fact that it wasn't just a person by themselves in the lab looking at pictures and then having to meet them on their own because this idea that you're going out to the bar with your buddy and trying to meet people is a little bit more realistic and and you're they were told not to talk to each other about how drunk they felt but to Mm. talk to each other about how they felt about the pictures and stuff like that and so i think that was a little bit more realistic and it's a a good little study
0: well it's certainly i know that university students end up involved in all kinds of studies. I'd rather do this one than the one where you had to be subjected to pain.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, paid like a hundred bucks too. So it, it, was a, it was a pretty good deal. So you never know what you're going to get with those university studies. It, to all listeners, if you ever get a chance, you should definitely sign up to be in some of those studies.
0: So fungi might be the answer to getting rid of all of our plastic junk
1: yeah you know it's it's interesting so the the real problem with plastic is that unlike materials that are made by nature when you break down uh a tree or something like that, it breaks into its constituent elements, and and so it can be recycled and made into things like carbon dioxide, or made into new animals or whatever. All the parts can be recycled, but with plastic, um, it, it just gets broken into smaller and smaller pieces of plastic, and then ultimately becomes microplastics. And then those things end up in our tissues, in all through nature. It's everywhere already, to the bottom of the ocean, um, and so it would be nice to be able to break it down. I mean, ultimately, plastics are made out of uh, carbon and, and And other molecules that should be break apartable but we just don't have the means to do it with the stuff that's out in nature and so we're always looking for that solution to the problem and researchers in Sri Lanka thought maybe that fungi that break down hardwood trees which are are chemically difficult to break down as you know because hardwood lasts a long time um, maybe they would work so what they did is they took a whole bunch of fungi from the forest uh, that were breaking down hardwoods they isolated 50 different kinds of fungi and then they gave them the opportunity to try to break down uh, these uh, these different plastics and they say that they, they was successful that uh, a lot of these uh, a lot of these different fungi were able to break down the plastics now I haven't been able to dig deep into the paper to find out whether they're really chemically breaking down the plastic so that the plastic doesn't exist anymore and there's carbon dioxide released or whatever it's been changed into other stuff or whether you just have a big chunk of plastic that looks like it's going away but really you just have a, a huge you know, uh, field of microplastics all around it that are ultimately just as bad for the environment as the original plastic. So I have to dig a little deeper into this one, but it's an interesting and uh, promising direction forward, for sure.
0: Meanwhile, this is very Mission Impossible, self-destructing robots. Yeah, this is.
1: Uh, it's very intriguing that this showed up in the literature. I assume that these are the kinds of things that the military works on for Mission Impossible or whatever they have that is the real version of it. I assume there is a real Mission Impossible happening in the U.S. government and that that group is making these kinds of robots. I didn't expect to see it in, uh, in a journal, but here it is. They've got uh, basically materials out of which you could build a soft robot, so a, a robot that's not made of metal but is made out of like a polymer. Um, But if it's got these LEDs built into it that can shine ultraviolet light, and it's also got some heating elements, uh, it can destroy itself. So what it does is it does its job secretly behind enemy lines. And then when it's finished, it just lights up its LEDs, and then it cooks itself, and it self-destructs, and it is nothing but a puddle. And the big advantage to this is that then it's very hard for the enemy to steal the technology. So one of the big problems that the military has is if they fly their fancy new helicopter over, pakistan or whatever and it crashes then the other countries all have all the parts they can reverse engineer and find out what the u.s has been doing with their technologies this would be the beginning of a way that they could make a a really cool robot but then have it self-destruct so that there was no way for the enemy to get its hands on it and uh that's very mission impossible and it's very cool that they're working on these are south uh south korea researchers making this one but i like it
0: sounds costly but i understand the the reasoning thanks a lot for this Thank you. Dan Riskin is our science expert. He joins us on Thursdays.